The following is a conversation with Ryan Horwith. Ryan is the owner and founder of Pacific Cloud Seafoods. He's a fisherman, he's an environmental activist, and most importantly, he's a father. In this episode, we chat about overfishing the oceans, corruption in the industry, and ways we can all be sure to get the best fish from our local markets. So to stay in touch with all this, follow Room 9 Podcasts on social media, go to room9podcast.com, get on the podcast page, and see what is going on. If I can keep my shit together, this should be a monthly thing. But I've also been saying this for the past eight months, trying to get it all together. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Ryan Horwitz. This, 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 this is nice and sturdy, but all right, mm-hmm. if you're good. I'm good. You're good. All right, Ryan. Thank you uh, for taking the time to chat with me, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There's a lot. um, I don't know. There's a lot I want to hear. So I guess I would always want to start with kind of like your beginning, because I love the fact that from what I know of you, you went to film school and now you're um, doing what would you say your title is? I guess I'll let you introduce yourself and what you do. Sure. I guess uh, I'm I'm. Becoming a retired fisherman because I've not fished at all this year. Um, <laughs> so I'm starting to re- change my title to uh, instead of Alaskan fisherman, I'm going to start saying, I guess, uh, retired fisherman or ex-fisherman. I used to fish full time year round in Alaska. And so that has changed recently. Now I'm more of a fishmonger and I'm aggregating and, and procuring uh, higher quality fish than I've than I've found in Western New York. I mean, I'm not saying Western New York doesn't have good fish, but they definitely have. Some, it's, it's okay a, to say that. It's a niche. It's a niche thing around here. There's a couple of guys doing it, and uh, yeah. So I want to. I want to make sure that they have access to it, and that's sort of what drives me. Awesome. All right, I got to remember that chair squeak. Um, sweet. So yeah, let's start with a little bit of that because I don't know anything about the Western New York fish scene. Mm-hmm. So lay into me. You obviously were. You're, you got into the fishing thing, but you obviously saw a need in the Western New York area, which is fresh seafood. Right. Um, why do you think that is? How come? Is it location? I mean, what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, give me the rundown of why you think there's not an, enough access to it in Western New York. Sure. So it's um, it's it is. Yeah, there's a, there's you know, we're inland. You can't fish. You can't take fish out of the lakes anymore. And it's just there's a lack of education because so many people, I think, are removed. And they don't have the, the the connection to the ocean or to Alaskan salmon or any of these other uh, species that you know I've grown accustomed to over the past eighteen years. So coming back here was surprising to see how little sablefish, lingcod, you know Dungeness crab. These are West Coast staples that are not. I haven't found them here yet. Occasionally, a couple couple different uh, producers will get it, but that's it's funny. Those are huge products, you know. And you can't find them here. It's int- mm-hmm. I gotta. I should have. Uh, if I would have done my homework correctly, I would actually know. I would have asked my better half what the fish farm is because we get a lot of sable fish. The, so the fish farm? What do you mean? Um, where the fish farm? You know, like they have um, not fish farm. I guess that's a terrible choice of words. We're in a farm share, which is why I said fish farm. Oh. We're in a fish share. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for uh, correcting me on that. Hmm. Um, fish share. So we get like fresh uh, wild caught fish shipped to us, you know, dry ice. But I'm trying to remember the name of the company mm-hmm. that we got it from, but we get a lot of sable fish. Cool. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I don't look at my competitors as competitors, but sort of friends uh, somehow we're doing the same thing. And I think the market is big enough to, you know, absorb both of us, Mm -hmm. all of us, because there's there's a limited finite resource and uh, people eat a lot of red meat in America. Oh, my gosh. Well, kind of as I'm writing a few notes down, um, I was like, oh, red meat, Kyle, we're so you said we're so like disconnected and have no idea what we're actually eating half the time. Right. Right. The big industrial model has shown, uh, you know, it's been killing us. Mm -hmm. You know, Japan historically lives longer than us because, well, they don't know for sure, but their their seafood diet is is dramatically higher than ours. So they're consuming much more fish as opposed to red meat. Right. Which is probably a smart thing to do. I love red meat. It tastes great. But the way I feel afterwards, I want to just go to sleep as opposed to seafood or a salad. Yeah, it's it's a lighter lighter sort of feeling after you're done eating. Yeah, which I enjoy. So, all right. So you've seen, you know, this hole in Western New York. You... You know, started up this business. You said you're retired. How come you haven't been fishing more? Is it because of the business, or you know, what? Is, what's the the missing gap there? It's because of my kid. So Your I, kid. I have a gotcha. four year old, and she is to me that's the most important project. Is like the next generation, making sure that they're supported and they have, uh, you know, the tools they need to to navigate this crazy crazy world crazy ass world yes i agree so all right so you haven't been there but how does that so how does that affect the business so are you getting your fish from other local sources not local necessarily but well we call it local because it's more it's local ideals we're part of a, a network called the local catch network it's a group of small boat fishermen and we call fisher women fishermen they i mean it depends fishers so yeah so the the, the idea is that you're getting as close to the source as possible. So just maybe one or two, because you can't, there has to be a middleman, right? There mm-hmm. has to be someone to, to, you know, distribute it, to, to get it from. So even if you're getting a direct from the fisherman seafood box, there's going to be people that have to put it in the box, you know, and it's not going to be the fisherman for every single <laughs> fish. They have to go fishing, right? And that's what I ran into when I was direct marketing off of my boat was, you know, I can't do everything. You know? mm-hmm. And if I want to like, you have to choose one or the other. What's great about things like salmon is it's, they all run in about four months out of the year. So the salmon fishermen have a unique opportunity where they can catch a lot of fish. They can, they can put it up. And that's why we like frozen because you can, if you're fishing it with the intention to freeze it, you're mm-hmm. getting a far different product than the one that's going as a fresh product, sits on the sh- store ice for three, four days. And then doesn't get sold, then they freeze it. So how does the uh, the freezing process work? If you, you just caught it, it's on your boat. Where does it go from there? Well, there's there's a group of small boat fishermen in, in southeast that freeze right on board. So within hours of catching it, they'll awesome. Yeah, they that's cool. Gill and gut them, but primarily most of it goes to a plant, which uh, they use a really fast, uh, very cold blast freezer. So minus forty degrees. And the importance of that is the cells, the ice cells that that form between the the animal cells are very small. If you do it slow, like in your freezer, zero mm-hmm. degrees, it's going to create large ones. And then when those and those those rupture the cells of the fish, you're going to lose that quality. Um, when you thaw it out and you see all that water in the sink, mm-hmm. that's the flavor going down the sink. Gotcha. So and it, the, the texture. So yeah, when you freeze it slowly, 
That's interesting. Okay. So is that something you recommend people if say if they're getting connected with, obviously we're going to recommend them to come to you here, but anybody could be listening to this all over the world. And so what, how do you recommend people to do research if they're trying to be a part of something like this? Yeah. Ask them how fast it's frozen, where it's frozen, how many days on the boat before it's frozen, these important things. Uh, so you sent me, um, you know, that little documentary mm. that you said was a big part of, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. And so my question kind of to follow that up, because it made me think of the moment when they talked about just people putting different whatever labels they feel like uh, on their fish. And so how does that, I guess, tell me, because this whole privatized thing, let's get into that. Like, I guess we'll start because mm-hmm. that's kind of a big piece of yeah, this whole story. That's actually really why I do this. Yeah. So let's get into what that is. Talk about the documentary. Talk about the, you know, the purpose and the mission behind that, because, I mean, I guess that's the kind of the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. You could go down. It for, <laughs> I mean, it talks to many industries, too. I mean, it's pretty common thread in big business. So last last man fishing. So the the whole concept there is the you know they are pinching when I say they, the powers that be you know the men behind the curtain so to speak. So they are working to privatize all public resources as we've seen. I mean there was an attempt to do water. There's attempts to do um, probably air at some point, but but <laughs> land. What well, we already you're, know about that. You're not lying. Land. Yes. Um, so they're trying to do the oceans. They're trying to say in, in the and this is where the, the greenwashing comes in. And greenwashing is when they, they, they say something in the, with the idea of, of environmental protection. But in fact, it, it can go against that maybe inadvertently. Um, and so some of that stuff needs to be thought through and worked through before just implementing these systems. And, and particularly, it's, it's catch shares. So catch shares happened in the mid-90s on the East Coast. Um, that was the first implementation in the United States. And then the rest of the, the seven areas of fishing uh, management followed suit. So in this case, they did uh, cod and I think a few other ground species. I'm not super familiar with East Coast uh, okay. fishing politics, but in that documentary, that's the one they focus on. So catch shares came in and they made things that were wide open, meaning anyone with a boat could go catch these things. And in the name of uh, environmental sustainability, they said, well, we have to slow you guys down and only fish on certain days. We're going to allocate who gets to fish based on historical catches. And uh, Mm. it sounded good, right? They said safety, it's going to improve, you know, so they don't overfish. And then all this fish doesn't flood the market at once and result in um, inevitably uh, low quality product that, that doesn't get processed in time. So. That's what they said. Now, what happened was um, they didn't put enough rules in on who could own this um, this fish or the rights to it or like caps like they've done in other areas, like a cap on how much you can own. Mm-hmm. So one one man, they call him Carlos Rafael. He owns some crazy number of, of shares and he would he would buy up all the. So some of the fishermen would only get. Like, let's say he's been catching a thousand pounds of fish per year for the last 20 years. He got maybe 500 pounds to catch. Mm. You know, it wasn't the full amount. And then guys like Carlos that got a bunch, he could just buy those, um, that thousand pounds or that 500 pounds from that guy who it wasn't, it wasn't worth it for that guy to go out fishing, to get his boat ready, to, you know, do all the costs to make associated. half of what you made. Yeah. Right. So they would just say sell out and give it to Carlos, or they would also lease it out. 
And that's a lot of what was going on is that um, they would lease it out to fishermen who wanted to fish, young fishermen, and uh, they would have to pay a fee to go catch fish. And that's still happening. That's hmm. uh, my friend Tim, who's in the in the film. He's he's paying five bucks per pound on scalps to yeah, catch scalps, crazy. and then two bucks on the cod. So yeah, that's um, it's really hard to make it work, and that affects our price. You know, when you look at seafood now, you go, "Geez, that price is really high." That has a lot to do with it because of that. Yep. And so when you look at like farm seafood, you're like, "Wow, this price is great," because they aren't having to, you know, pay pay lease fees. They have their own costs, and I'm not I'm not trying to downplay that. It's its own thing, but um, yeah, it definitely affects the price. Yeah, that's nuts. So somebody can just come in and t- tell you you can't fish anymore. So what what do you think when is it like somebody was able to get too much power? Like how did things kind of go um, downhill? Because obviously right. people agreed to this. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean they sold it to these guys. Um, I mean some of it was bulldozed through. You know, there was there was a lot of stories of, you know, an entire room full of uh, critics and, and the public saying we don't want this. And the judge going, OK, so what I hear you saying is you do want this done. Hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of big money involved. So they oh, saw like shocker. a way to <laughs> to, you know, make their their pockets fatter mm-hmm. and to shut out all these annoying small boat guys. So. So anyway, what was the question? <laughs> no, well, I was just asking how. um what you thought, what, how they were able to just kind of keep power and or just take it when they got people to obviously agree. So was it like a con game from the get go? Sure. Essentially, like somebody, I'm assuming the people who did it knew they'd be able to become billionaires. Oh, yeah. And from so it. part of it, too, is they sold it to the guys that were holdouts as, hey, man, we'll write you a check every year. We'll just lease it from you. OK. And then, it, you know, a lot of those those folks died and so they would just you know buy the quota from whoever who didn't know anything about it or wanted to deal with it usually a a distressed widow or somebody (laughs) you know so there was ways to consolidate and there was no cap on it so now and i'm not quite sure i know in alaska there's caps so you have the halibut the sable fish in some areas are privatized but it's it's supposed to be for people that are still fishing there's ways around that. Um, they call them slipper skippers. They call them uh, armchair skippers. <laughs> so you can say there's a medical reason why he can't come fishing. So he can just sit in Arizona and the okay. golf course and collect a, a check. So, yeah, and in, in, uh, inevitably this makes it harder for young people to get into fishing. It's like s- the capital you need to get in is so high. It's like, well, I could go to college. I could go get into fishing that has a you know, uncertain future. Mm-hmm. And so the average age of fishermen is now 50 in, wow. in Alaska. Yeah. So there's basically no one, I guess, yeah, growing up and getting into it. There's a few small, you know, there's, they're few and far between. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hear a lot like we've overfished, like how much of that has, has cadence to it or has truth to it that we've just pulled too many fish out of the ocean i think there's some truth to that i mean you can see on the east coast the cops there the the um, stocks have collapsed and that was um there's a great book by mark kurlansky called cod and they they discussed that that particular uh, collapse and that was one of the first ones that people really paid attention to i mean it's called cape cod for christ's mm-hmm. sake and nobody could you can't find cod there for a while um, they finally started coming back a little bit, but not like they were. I think, you know, a lot of times what happens is when you wipe out one species, other ones move in. 
Mm. And so it's really hard for those native species to make a comeback. To come back. Yeah, that's uh that's a shame. I know. I wonder I don't know, the whole food thing. We are I mean, I don't know why the whole we're just so isolated. We show up at the grocery store, it's there. We buy it and it's great. Like we don't think of anything. I just seen the video of, you know, um, who are the, the two activists who took the two piglets and then we're getting sued for stealing it recently. I'm trying to remember mm. what it was. It was just this past week. That. But yeah, it's like it's just crazy. I mean, they had, you know, dying pigs everywhere. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is the, the food we're eating. So I feel like we do need um, more awareness around, you know, where we're getting our food from, how we're getting it, because I mean. I don't know. You, obviously, you can't just there's a lot of mouths to feed <laughs> and we got to get more. I would love to eat more seafood all the time. And that's probably the majority of what I do eat seafood and then like chicken or turkey. But like it's obviously very expensive. What else like what else has to be done to take prices down? I remember hearing I think it was something like I mean, we talked about the middleman or almost mm-hmm. it goes through almost seven different vendors sometimes before it gets to a table like. Sure. You know, what what is um what what direction are people moving to try to make changes? I think um tr- like I said before, trying to source as close to the um, source as possible. Um that that could reduce prices, but you know, like my my problem is being so small scale mm-hmm. that my shipping costs are are terrible. If I could afford a container, I could cut my my cost per pound down two dollars, mm. for example. And that's that's significant. So some of us are getting together. Like I have a friend down in Pennsylvania who goes to Bristol Bay every year, which is world's largest sockeye run. And this year they had a record year, which I mean, that's kind of credence to good management. Like you can manage these wild stocks appropriately and they can thrive. They can uh, you can you can maintain this uh, on certain stocks. You can maintain this level of fishing that we have been doing for many years um, for many more. Hmm. So, Ryan, how do you um, I know you mentioned kind of promoting the local Western New York area as far as like in a marketing group. I'm trying to remember the exact name of, you know, what you're you're a part of. Remind me of that again. About local Catch Network. It's the local Catch Network. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that kind of relate to as far as as far as um, what we just talked about as far as last man fishing mm-hmm. and how, how is that all connected? Right. So they have some core values and it's um, I don't know them off the top of my head, but they they are like eating with the ecosystem, not demanding that we have a certain product in stock because some things are only available part of the year, you know, and it's not demanding that. So a lot of the bad practices that happen in um, fishing are because the market demands it. Right. So if the market demands it, then people do it, whether it's good for the environment or not, you know. Someone's paying someone to do it; they're going to do it. Mm. So that's that's a big one for me. Um, another core value is you know thinking about the communities you're affecting by your buying choices. So you know if you're buying a product from a fish farm, those guys are trying to you know they are not for small communities. They are generally for large scale you know businesses and, and profit, yeah. right? And even like right now with the whole East Coast thing, so I didn't get into this too much, but the the catch shares that are owned now, because Carlos Rafael, the codfather, he got arrested and all of his, his, he had his own canneries, his own boats. 
he got all that got seized by the federal government because hmm. of money laundering and he was catching fish he wasn't reporting and sending it to portugal um so we don't actually know how much he caught how much he really made yeah. too yeah right and so he got arrested he's in prison but the feds um seized all those uh, assets then they auctioned him off to the highest bidder which happened to be private equity fund from a family in denmark so <laughs> Um, yeah, so so now if you're buying from from this into, from this company, then you're essentially supporting them and the system that makes this feasible. So it's important to ask where your fish comes from. Hopefully, it's from small boats. Hopefully, it's not farmed, but hopefully, it's not with this this company that I don't know if I should name or not. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty well known, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I can always edit it out. Sure. But- I mean, so what about going to Wegmans like and getting their wild caught salmon from, you know, Wegmans? How, how do I do I just ask that guy behind the counter? Yes. Is he going to have any clue? Yes. Actually, they're they're getting better. I actually um, pinned them down a number of times. And I think more people are mm-hmm. just by our small evangelism that's going on, you know, <laughs> and it's it's catching on. It's making a difference. You know, even um, there was a big ProPublica article about the the whole private equity firm mm-hmm. owning all this. And, you know, Elizabeth Warren took note. Um, it was a giant article, really hard to read the whole thing because it's so in-depth, pro-public. Yeah, I did very, skim through that, yeah, a little right. bit, which I'll probably just, I'll link in the description as well. But. Sure, um, but that was, that's great. And then more people catch on. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to have even podcasts like this to, to if it's 10 people that hear it, cool, 10 more mm-hmm. heard the message and why they should ask. That's about all you'll get here. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Until you blow up, that's right. That's and that's the moment we're waiting for. Back. Yeah. That's right, and then and then it'll, then it'll happen. One day, one day, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I just find the whole eating fresh and eating like healthier is it's so cheap to eat like shit. It oh, is yeah. so cheap. It's ridiculous. Right, and that's our system. You know, it's like part of it is accessibility, which is hard. We're having a hard time, um, you know, making it financially feasible for the fishermen for the distributors and for the customer so somebody's Mm -hmm. gonna have to pick up the slack somewhere but you know for the fishermen if they can't pay their bills they're not going fishing and then the customer only has you know even more limited options less and less options less and less yeah i feel like uh it's such like an eggshell thing like i feel like there's so many fishermen that are just barely hanging on and mm-hmm. I mean, you, everybody obviously has to put food on their table and make a profit. Absolutely. And it's got to be, um, I mean, I feel like in so many industries, it's like this, though. When it comes to just like, I love, like, democracy is great until it's like corrupted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, competition is great until there's just one person that's in charge of or that has such a big business that they don't even have to give you good service anymore because you can't go to anybody else. Right. Like I've been stuck with the Spectrum cable network, like that whole thing. So it's unbelievable. So there needs to be so many changes throughout so many things in this world. In the, I'll, ju- I'll jump in there. In the same, in the same vein, um, it's cool that Greenlight can come in here and compete against Spectrum. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a slow go, it's like kind of cool to see that. And Correct. S- and yep. even Starlink to some, some extent. But I don't think that's really the, the right uh, fit for us. <laughs> Starlink. Yeah. So, I mean, how do people like find out about you find out about even just other local vendors? Is there one website? Is there one community? 
I know you've talked about so many different uh, pieces of it. And how do people also get involved, like, politically? I'm sure there's legislation trying to get passed. I'm sure there's so many things. So, um, obviously, tell us about that. So, the Local Catch Network website, it's uh, localcatch.org. And they have a seafood finder on there. And we we should have that linked on our site. But I got to double check. We're doing some work on the site. That seafood finder will give you local CSFs or, you know, small community uh, producers and distributors in your neighborhood. There's pretty much one in every every area around the United okay. States. Awesome. And then what are, what's going on legislation wise right now currently? Right. So the whole thing in Massachusetts with Elizabeth Warren taking note of that, how many owners or the caps on catch shares. That's interesting. I think they do have something that says like, hey, there's this issue coming up, write letters, call people. But we don't have, that's one thing we're missing, I think. Local Catch Network has 200 small businesses in there. We don't have a comprehensive plan, I don't okay. think, to utilize that that resource of, of us, you know. We're, we're working more even on our own blog to kind of uh, address some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a process and it takes time. I mean, you're basically, it's a business almost that you're mm-hmm. trying to... Um, get up and running. So there's so much uh, that goes with that. And I think I think bringing the awareness around it is obviously where you have, <laughs> where you have to start. Like if sure. people aren't thinking when they go to the grocery store where their meat came from, where their fish came from, where I mean, their spinach came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's going you're going in there looking at the, the, the best price. So it takes a lot of awareness to snap people out of that regular routine that they're always in. I think the easiest thing you can do is make sure you're buying wild, like just at least easiest thing. You have a choice, even in Wegmans, like yep. wild farmed, go wild. And you might have a bad, um, a bad experience with it. I'll, I did. <laughs> I came back and I bought a, a fish burger, a Wegmans brand, mm-hmm. and I could not finish it. It was awful. Hmm. Now, my guess is just I pay a lot of attention to that fresh seafood counter. It sits there for three, four, five days before it goes away. And if it, if it didn't get sold, I imagine it probably goes into some ancillary products like <laughs> smoke products or or burgers, you know, and then it, hmm. you can taste it. I can taste the difference anyway. Yeah. I'm. Ch- how do um, like how do you get around waste too? We're so wasteful. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, I'm sure that's with the fish. How do you use the whole fish? <laughs> sure. Um, number one, uh, buy frozen if you can. That's that's the big piece, right? Yeah, yeah. Buy frozen, but it got such a bad rap. I think it's going to take some seafood. I don't know. I don't know what it'll take. Yeah. Why did frozen? Because I read all the time, even vegetables, because they're frozen right away. They actually hold more mm-hmm. um, of their nutrition. Right. And I'm so I know you kind of you know explained a little bit about it about that, but. Like, why did that kind of stigma start? I think it had to do with the old technology from back in the day. And it's like that it's hard to change people, right? It's, oh it's hard. To, I'm yeah. hard to change myself. Yep. <laughs> so um, I get it. But uh, I think it takes more people taking risks. And for me, a big eye opener was during COVID that uh, seafood section, the meat section in Wegmans was empty. And that was part of my motivator for reopening this business. Okay. Yeah. Here's a let's get a let's get a tip in here. So I get my frozen fish. What is the best way to thaw out your frozen fish? Overnight in the refrigerator slowly. That's the best way. If you're in a pinch. Oh, yeah. By the way, you want to cut if it's vacuum sealed, which most of the time they are. Mm-hmm. You want to let some air in there. So the FDA recommends as that. you let it thaw. 
Yep. Okay. Yep. You want to let air in there and it, you know, the bacteria won't grow with oxygen, which seemed counterintuitive, but it, I guess it makes sense when you look into the, the, the biology. Actual science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that does say I feel like you would want to keep it sealed. That's so sure. interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. Yep. <laughs> and then slowly is better. But if you're in a hurry, you can use, uh, you know, just tap water, leave it running on the fish. But you don't want to have it over 40 degrees for any amount of time. Once it hits 40, you want to get it back in the in the fridge to keep it in that safe cool. zone, which is 32 to 40 or okay. 39, we should say. I remember being uh, that always being a big um, question with the, the, the frozen fish mm-hmm. all the time. Right. And it is another step. Right. When you when you get fresh, it's like throw it on the grill. Mm-hmm. You know, done. And I get that. Like, so that's why sometimes the farm or the, the markets will thaw them out. And something I'd like to do for customers is figure out like who really wants that. I mean, it's another service, but mm-hmm. but I think with technology and, uh, you know, lining up people that want a certain product, we can do that stuff. As far better. as um, like, do you want yours fresh or frozen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, why not? There's so many other things that we do. Why can't I mean, that could probably be implemented pretty easily. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea, right? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do any fresh food here? We do. We do a little bit of, of scallops right okay. now. And we plan on doing more from our East Coast uh, fishing buddies, like the local catch network. They're, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there on the East Coast. I go out there and I, I meet up with them. And I'm actually heading out there this weekend. Okay. Because I'm on the board of NAMA. All right. What is NAMA? Is, uh, the North American Marine Alliance. And we are just a group of, it's a fisherman led organization that is promoting basically the same ideals as the uh, local catch network. Okay. Um, but they're more politically active. And so their, their posts are more like, here's an issue coming up. They work with don't cage our oceans, which is, gosh, it's hard to remember all these organizations. <laughs> but there's a fair time. amount there. So I would say if you wanted to get involved politically, it would go to, namanet.org and that is uh that's the the organization i'm on the board of that's like the political activists um they just got you know they helped get funding for us with the usda they they put small fishermen in the same category as as small farmers because we're essentially the same having the same troubles the same yes correct i was gonna I remember watching documentary on like even the, the chicken farms and they come in and force them to do a certain way or then they buy them. It's just back to the back to the whole, um, you know, people trying to get monopolies. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, the whole privatizing ocean. <laughs> right. Like who owns the, who owns the fish? It's like putting a patent on a plant. I mean, like just it's uh, just so bizarre. So, Ryan, all right. What else do people need to know about um about what you're doing, what you're pushing. I mean, there, I feel like there's so much and I feel like I'm forgetting a ton um, <laughs> because I feel like I really, the reason obviously why I'm sitting down here because I actually, I love seafood is one of my favorite things and I've always kind of just been interested in the whole monopoly. I remember seeing the last man standing like pieces of it because it's been out for a few years, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. Yeah. And I remember hearing pieces of, you know, just little, seeing little chunks of it and I mean, it just fascinated me how, again, how we can privatize the water or fish and like mm-hmm. have this um, this whole mess on our hands. Right. Um, owning the rights to access of what was once a public resource, mm-hmm. you know, the blue commons is a term that gets, um, you know, thrown around as uh, 
at NAMA board meetings as something that we want to enforce and say, hey, this is not a corporation's piece of property. It's not their asset. It is all of ours. And, uh, you know, if you want to get a boat and go fishing, you should have that opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know. Obviously, with some restraint, I think all of this, it's like, sure, capitalism has its downfall, but also it creates incentive to to do some of these things. And maybe the market can drive better choices. So like if the consumer is demanding wild caught, small boat, ethically sourced, these things that we're sort of trying to, you know, show to people, then that could change behavior on a, on a bigger scale. Yeah, I'm hoping um, well, I'm rooting for you. I'm. Hopefully I can help out as, you know, any, any, like you said, 10 people listen to this and just get a, awareness more. around it. That's 10 more. And they know 10 people and all that, you know, it, word of mouth's the best, the best uh, marketing platform. It is good. The old fashioned way mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. going door to door. When's the last time you knocked on somebody's door and, uh, and told them about this? Well, when I was delivering some fish, not, not too long <laughs> Excellent. ago. If I have a new person, I'm like, Hey, so what's the story? Why did you buy from us? And, you know, we're trying to listen to different marketing gurus and experts because we are not sustainable um Mm -hmm. at this current like level so that's okay i'm gonna keep doing it like i'm stubborn that's sort of my asset is that i'm pretty stubborn and money comes and goes but it's i didn't do it for money so um that's the the first thing so the second thing is you know it's important like it's not going to be a debatable issue at some point Mm -hmm. it's just going to be and that's that's when it's too late so Right now, we have a chance to intervene, and uh, we're part of some great organizations. And like I said, there's some there's some tailwinds. You know, the USDA funding has actually been great, and then getting that message out there. I think a little more um, collaboration with the small small boats, which is tough because fishermen at their heart are fishermen. They're competitive, mm-hmm. and they're you know, I remember fishing with guys, and you'd see them, you'd see another boat on you know miles away. Oh man, he's coming this way. <laughs> for on good fishing you know and that's i get it because it's like you fish for days and not catch anything mm-hmm. and then you, you find a spot that's yep. going you want you you're here your they all come. Are sealed yep. as long as you can keep it a secret yep. i'm sure and that's why that's why there's this you know there's some some fishermen even would would preach the, the benefits of of privatization you know because for them in the short term it's going to benefit them tremendously okay yeah because they, they still have their allocated amount and they could say, well, I have, you know, 10,000 pounds to come. So catch. if you have a high, you know, allocated amount, of course, mm. you're going to be <laughs> good oh, with yeah. it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's such a it's such a bizarre thing. So basically, just so I'm clear on all of it, like you get told you can only catch a certain amount of mm-hmm. fish of this kind of fish. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. And it's a in some areas, it's a tradable commodity mm. like like you know, pork and, and chicken and all that stuff that gets traded on Wall Street. And so that's kind of what these guys are starting to do. You mm. know? So on the East Coast, it hasn't been regulated as much as in Alaska. In Alaska, okay. Yeah, like you have the caps in Alaska and you have the supposedly fishermen. There's there's workarounds for sure, but um, it's a little better than the, the East Coast thing where <laughs> private equity came in. And that is exactly what Last Man Fishing was talking about because they were warning against the the potential this this company was looking at it back then and these guys were you know bullhorns and orange shirts trying to scream about it but you know who's listening nobody oh we're such a reactive society too right that's a big issue Mm -hmm. like something happens oh we got to change this like well it's too late what the fuck 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because having these kind of systems reversed is much harder than preventing them. Yeah, it's so it's it's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know. I, I find I get very frustrated with the ignorance in the world. And I, get, I know we're all ignorant in some ways, but mm -hmm. like there's a lot of complete ignorance. And it's like, oh, my gosh, are are things ever going to change? I don't know. Do you have hope? Do you have hope, Ryan? I do. I do. It's the maybe it's the next generation or maybe it's the people right now that have seen. So like I'm in my 40s now mm -hmm. and I've seen, you know, some things change drastically. And I think what feels like now a short amount of time, you know, it's it's really amazing. In a, in a positive way, you're saying, yeah. Positive and negative. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, what are what are some of the, the positive things going forward that you think are going to be changing in the near future? Sure. The the USDA funding, number one, because we're getting, is we're getting recognition from from the government. I think this thing with COVID, actually, there were some um, positive outcomes from COVID, like some policy changes. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're realizing, I say they, I mean the government, they're mm -hmm. saying like these giant corporations owning all the meat. And then if they get shut down, you know, all the meat in the United States is gone, which is crazy. So hopefully, oh you know. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Yeah. Well, that's what the uh, hissy fits. The uh, well, I mean, when I saw, um, you know, during the toilet paper runs and the oh big bought meat too, it's like, yeah, I bought a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper problem solved. The Europeans know what they're doing. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have one of those. They're awesome. Putting that. They're on hard to those. wrap your head around in the beginning, like, you know, doing what it does. But um, doing what it does. <laughs> yep, it's awesome. There we go. Sponsored by. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Tushy. That's All right. So um, how do people f support you? How do they get a hold of you? Pacificcloud.com. What is a Pacific Cloud Seafood? I don't know. It's a longer Pacific one. Cloud Seafoods. Yeah, it's a little long. Dot com. And then also we've been showing up for like search wild seafood because the other thing I advocate for is I can't serve, you know, a lot of people because I don't have a lot of product. Mm -hmm. So if you call us let us know like what you want we don't have it there's uh there's a few other people i would send you to awesome even locally awesome awesome and what um like can people get delivered i know i've seen your truck out there you know mm -hmm. what is uh, the details of how you sell the everything how you get it to them people come pick it up all that mm -hmm. all that jazz yeah so now we do uh East Coast shipping, just like some of the, the meal box delivery services, the subscription models. Awesome. We're about to launch a subscription model. And what's good about that is we know if we have to go fishing for something like I do. I do plan on fishing more. Um, and what I fished for was cod and rockfish. And okay. I've had to source some and I've noticed the quality, not what I tried to put out. So there is some good producers, so they can get it from the website. You can choose shipping. You can choose home delivery, and that's usually me. <laughs> so if you're in Buffalo <laughs> and even Rochester, I'm from Rochester, we will deliver to you on Thursdays. We do one Thursday a month in Rochester. We do three Thursdays a month in Buffalo. Okay, awesome. And if you're really close by, I make you know pit stops all the time so i make <laughs> special you know. we're so small so yeah awesome awesome and does your like um supply change seasonally with everything how does that go yeah so things like the king crab um which actually there's no season for that this year again um hmm. they they're really hard to come by but they do show up on the on the market from time to time i know a couple boats that fish king crab and they can get us some 
So that's really seasonal in the usually in at this time of year, October is okay. like traditional king crab month, and then same with all the crab. It's October fall. Yeah, okay. fall. In, so Dungeness is really hard to um, track because in the West Coast they open in November actually, and they go all the way till April. Wow. Okay. Alaska opens May first, hmm. all the way till Dece- December. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, <laughs> a crazy di- a difference in the mm-hmm. schedule, I guess, for lack of a better term. There. Sure. Cool. And then you have what do you got on uh, the menu right now? So Lincod halibut's and like a staple people know about halibut but they're getting east coast halibut usually okay um, we have west coast you do west coast what's yep. a, what would be what's the main difference in it there's not much okay honestly um i've not done them side to side yet no um, you haven't done the pepsi challenge no not yet not on the halibut but i think they're very similar um there's sable fish again we talked about that yeah that's i've noticed i'm pretty sure if that's a fish is a little fattier right oh yeah yeah it's awesome super okay. rich you yep. don't need every you know you don't need a lot to get full Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great fish. That's been one of my favorites. Good. I'm glad. You, I wish I knew the... the, the I'll find out. I'm going to find out for you. I'll give you... A, so Sitka Salmon Shares was a company I was a part of. I'm actually still part owner in that. Okay. And uh, they had a small footprint out here. It was me <laughs> <laughs> at some farmer's markets with a tent. And that was an experimental project that once COVID hit, they pulled all their farmer's markets and went... Okay. straight to consumer from their warehouse in illinois but i still highly recommend them so I'll, I'll send people to them if i can't fulfill their needs awesome you know because they literally buy from they buy fish from me still and um they they buy from my friends they're doing the same thing except they have they have more experience and years of doing it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. awesome man yeah i totally uh i love what you're doing i think I definitely see you're passionate about it. You're into it. And that's the people I love talking to. So I'm grateful for your time. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else that I'm, I'm forgetting that? I mean, I, again, I know there's so much. I mean, we could have just talked about the last man fishing mm-hmm. for three hours. There's, I mean, just so much crazy sure. shit that is sure. going on. And I know, like, I'm hoping we were able to relate and um, communicate just a small piece of the crazy shit that's going on with it. Right. And what's great is we'll see. We'll see what people that's right to. And <laughs> and that's the thing is like part of my goal is to get my messaging down a little better. So I love reviews. Give me some honest reviews anywhere. Send me an email. But yeah, we're going to be working on our messaging more. Like I said, awesome. go to Local Catch Network. Oh, yeah. That's our that's our. Next. Yeah, I'm going to I'll talk with you and I'll get all the links um, mm-hmm. below and make it even easier for people to check out. So right. hopefully you got scallops right now. We do. We have Alaskan scallops. All right. I'm going to have to get some from you as, as I leave. I'm yep. getting some because I'm making my a salad tonight and I love my favorite combination. You ready for this? Beets and scallops. Wow. One of my favorite. It's absolutely I've never amazing. had that. Oh, it's incredible. You should write the recipe. We'll, we'll hand them out. Incredible. Incredible flavor. Awesome. I will do that, man. Ryan, thanks so much, man. Okay. I appreciate thanks for it. having us. Peace.